on this episode, there was a lot going on last night. And I'm talking about Thursday night football. Uh, the Bengals between Miami. There's a little bit of controversy. I'm sure you've seen it on the news, but I decided to get my thoughts on it. Plus, you'll have my thoughts on upcoming games in college and the NFL and who is impacted by some fantasy news. And what I will explain what I mean by that on this new edition of the Get Stoked Podcast. Here we go. It is Friday, September 30th, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Get Stoked Podcast. I am your host, Austin Stokel. And to begin, I take you to last night. The Bengals and the Dolphins in Cincinnati, Ohio. The Bengals ended up winning 29-15 to over the number one overall Miami Dolphins, who came into this game undefeated. And about a few minutes into the second quarter, tragedy struck for the Dolphins. And I'm sure you've seen this on the news. Uh, Tua Tungavaloa is out for for who knows how long. And I'm going to correct myself. It was 27 to 15 for the Bengals, only getting their second win. And what happened was Tua was back to pass in the pocket. One of the Bengals defensive linemen came in made a clean tackle. I you know what? I'd take that back. It wasn't so much clean. It was it was a rough hit. It, he did not even hit him head on. He grabbed his legs and kind of threw him to the ground at a at a big amount of force. And it honestly, it was a lot. It was he came down hard appearing to hit his head again and he went into a state that uh, could only mean one thing, and that was a nerve response. And I have to say, um, he was taken to the hospital, evaluated, released, and then went back on the plane with the team. And I have to say, there was there's a lot of controversy in how his situation is handled, and including going back to Sunday's game against the Bills, where... He was pushed fairly hard, and he fell down, and it looked like not from the initial push, but on his way down, what looked like whiplash to his neck and head. And he stumbled a little bit, got up, fell. It looked like he was. It looks like he was out of it, and so he left the game, came back later, and he played the rest of the game, and then he played this last night's game. And then this big hit happened. And I have to question what was going on in the Miami defense, or not their defense, their organization, about why they thought it was a good idea to let Tua Tungvaloa back in the game. And he clearly was concussed. It didn't matter if it was from last game or this game. He had some symptoms of his. He looked off all game up until that point. He did not look effective. He he had a good throw in the end zone at one point, but that was on the fall of Jalen Waddle. But in all honesty, I, w- I hope nothing bad comes his way because you never want to see that from a player or friend or family. You never want to see that, period. And 
I hope he has a speedy recovery. I hope he's able to rest and evaluate what he needs to do to get himself ready so that he can clear concussion protocol and so that he can be well enough, say, you know, I feel good. I've had a lot of rest. I've had uh, people looking at me. They're saying I'm doing well, and I feel ready when I need to come back when they clear me. And I hope that happens because there's a lot of people saying, you know, there's someone in that organization that should be fired. It Their owner is suspended, Stephen M. Ross. He's suspended earlier. Uh, their head coach, I don't think – he should be the sole one to blame, but whatever happened in that locker room, it that's really unknown, but I hope that Tua finds the help he needs. I hope um, he gets the help he needs, and you just hate to see this happen, it, it, and this happens almost too often now, where back when concussions were not even real well known in the 70s, 80s, maybe early 90s and kind of swept under the rug. But stuff like this can have real consequences. And you're all, I know uh, teams and leagues are trying to find safer ways to play the game, like better helmets, better pads, better tackling techniques. And it all all helps, but you're never going to completely avoid stuff like this, which is the sad part. But, of course, again... I hope that there's a lesson to be learned here at the end of the day that judgments should not come in sequentially, but things need to be thought out. Things need to be precise and they need to be for the benefit of the player, not just the fans. And bottom line, again, this sucks. It, It sucks to see someone go through that twice for the matter. You should not have to go through that twice in four, five days. And that's that's just disgusting in my mind. So again, Tua, I hope you find I hope you get the help you need, and I hope that things lessons can come out and we all learn from this and hopefully not make that same mistake again. Before I go back to the NFL, I'm gonna take the approach of college football so of course the biggest game in my mind is Michigan at Iowa noon and Fox and as a Michigan fan I'm a little worried I am a little worried because because Iowa has one of the better defenses in the nation even though their offense can't really back them up on that Michigan they struggled against Maryland I'm putting that plain and simple They struggled against Maryland, and I hope that in this week they looked at film and said, okay, this is what we need to fix. This is what we did well on, but this is what we need to fix, and we need to work on this all week while addressing the good things that we did as well because you can't just look at one thing and then completely turn a blind eye and other things. Okay, we did well on that. We know what to do, and then you just suck at the things you do well, but uh, going into this game, Michigan is a 10.5-point favorite in Iowa City. I think this is going to be a defensive battle. I really do, unless Michigan can break their defense early. And they did that against Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. They broke their defense early, even though Iowa touted one of the best defenses in the country. 
And if they can do that again, great. They did it. But what worries me is how they handled Maryland. Maryland's not a bad team. They performed very well. They could have very well won that game. But Michigan made some good key plays that turned the tide of their favor. They were supposed to win. But Michigan is a 10.5-point favorite. I'm going to say this one comes down to a field goal. And it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm going to say 20-17, to 17, Michigan wins by a field goal. Or Iowa tries to march down the field, gets intercepted by Michigan. And Jim Harbaugh said earlier this this week, and I quote, this is where top five teams come to die. And Michigan has not won at Iowa since 2005. They've tried it with Denard Robinson. They tried it with one of the quarterbacks who escapes my name, who was an Iowa recruit. You know who I'm talking about. His name escapes me at the moment. But Iowa, I would not take their defense lightly. This is going to be a good defensive game at Kinnick Stadium. I hope Michigan comes out with a win. I really do. And I believe they will. But Michigan, you need to get what you need to do done. You need to focus on the mistakes, but also improve on what you can do. Let me rephrase that. You can improve on the things you do well. You can always improve on things you do well. You can always improve on things you don't well. But you have to improve individually and as a team. Then, moving on to the SEC now, at noon on ESPN, we have a top 15 matchup between number 7 Kentucky traveling down to Oxford, Mississippi to face the Ole Miss Rebels. Now, Ole Miss is a a 6.5-point favorite to Kentucky, where Kentucky has already had a big test, and that was at Florida. And I think Kentucky, they're not getting the credit they deserve. They are a good program. They've had a big turnaround in the last few years. And with their quarterback, Levis, I think they're going to win this game. I think it's going to be a close game, four points at least, 21-17, in favor of the Wildcats. The Wildcats, again, I already mentioned they had their big win against Florida. I believe they can beat Ole Miss. But if Ole Miss can beat Kentucky, that says a lot about them. That says we are not going away quietly. We are not to be doubted in the SEC because, granted, there's five teams, I think, off my top of the head that I can count who are ranked. Alabama, Arkansas, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Tennessee, for that matter. There's more than five. But... Granted, this is going to be a game to watch for this weekend. And speaking of the SEC, I'm going to go down to Fayetteville, Arkansas, where number two Alabama is visiting the number 20 Razorbacks. Alabama is a 17-point favorite. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be much closer than that. Because considering how they played against Texas A&M, yes, they fumbled it at the very end by missing the field goal dead on to the goalpost. I have a feeling Arkansas is going to make this a close game, much like how Texas did in Austin. I still say Alabama wins this game, but they're facing a defense that they have not seen yet in the SEC. They're facing a defense that in Arkansas, they are much better than what people give credit for. So I'm going to give this a kind of a higher score. I'm going to say 35 to 28, seven-point game. Keep it plain and simple in Fayetteville, but in favor of the Rolling Tide. Then another big game 
I think people should be watching is 7.30 tonight on ABC, and that is NC State visiting number 5 Clemson. Top 10 matchup. College game day is probably going to be there. This is a game to watch, ladies and gentlemen. Clemson is not going away. Clemson, yes, they had their struggles against Wake Forest. They are a team that can adapt well, and they can do it very quickly. But NC State is on that same level, if not just a tad lower. NC State has proven time and time again that they can compete with the best of the best in the ACC, if not with some of the best in the country. Granted, if they play Alabama or Georgia, they may get their socks rocked. But I will say Clemson is a seven-point favorite in this matchup. I'm going to give this one a seven-point game in favor of the Tigers. I'm going to say 45 Maybe not even 45. I had to think about that for a second. 42 to 35 in favor of Clemson. But granted, NC State could make it closer. They have the defense. They have one of the best defenses in the ACC. I would arguably say better than Clemson. And I hope they make this a good game. because This is a top 10 matchup with ACC implications on the line. They're both undefeated. Granted, NC State has not played an ACC opponent yet, so this is their first opponent. But again, I am taking Clemson in this game, 42-35. to 35. The last game I want to touch on is happening tonight at 10.30 tonight. Yes, I did say tonight. It is number 15 Washington visiting unranked UCLA. And Washington going into this game is a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Bruins. And Michael Penix, he is 92 of 143. He has almost 1,400 yards with four with four games into the season and 12 touchdowns. He is a very capable quarterback. He proved that at Indiana. He proved that against Michigan State. I have Washington this one by 10, 31-21 to 21 in Los Angeles. Washington... Should not be taken for granted. They are a much better team than what people give them credit for. They are a competitor in the Pac-12, right alongside USC. Oregon, just this tier below. Utah, same tier as Oregon. But Washington and USC, they are in the same tier to compete for the Pac-12. And when they play later this season, I'm going to bet that Washington makes this a very close game in a very non-battle-tested USC team. And, again, another mistake, they don't play this season. But they could meet in the Pac-12 championship. And after this, they have Arizona State. Then Arizona, then they're at California. And their biggest test of the season is going to be number 13, Oregon, and at Washington State. Because last year in the Apple Cup, Washington State came to Seattle and beat the brakes off Washington. Now, Washington is going to come back. This is their chance to prove that they are Pac-12 competitor. Go dogs! I am wanting Washington this to win this one, 31-21. That does it for college. These are just some of the biggest games that I see happening in the college football world. And I just remembered before I go, I have to hop to Division Two, and I'm throwing it back to my alma mater, Grand Valley. They are in the top five. And they are facing against an undefeated Saginaw Valley State in the Battle of the Valleys. I will be there to personally watch this game and give you my thoughts on Tuesday. 
as this is a undefeated battle at 7 o'clock on Flow Sports. Of course, not everyone has Flow Sports, but Grand Valley, they are electric this year. Their, their team is phenomenal, ladies and gentlemen. They are a team not to be doubted in the Division II world. They are ranked number two in the country, only behind their rival, Ferris State. Now, Saginaw Valley, they have been pretty good this season. Again, I already mentioned they are undefeated. Can Grand Valley defend their home turf against the Cardinals? I believe they can. I'm going to give a score 42-28 to 28 in favor of Grand Valley. And their, their head coach, Matt Mitchell, he is an offensive mastermind. He did it against Colorado School of Mines. He did it against Lincoln. He did it in another game. I can't remember. He did. It was Colorado Pablo. He's going to do it in this game. He's also, he also has a very good defensive staff. So I do not have a doubt in my mind that Cade Peterson and coach Mitchell can get this job done. This is going to be a top 25 matchup. Ladies and gentlemen, number two, hosting number 17, Saginaw Valley. This is a game you should at least look into, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a fun matchup. Maybe not as fun as some Division One games that are this weekend, but this is definitely one you should look at. Now I am going back full circle to the NFL, and I already said my piece on Tua Tungvaloa. I'm not going to go back into that, but if there's any development developments excuse me you can find them almost anywhere you don't have to find it here and going into this game I did say I'd have some fantasy stuff talk about on my fantasy team I have Amon Ross St. Brown wide receiver number one for the Detroit Lions he is out unfortunately so that sucks for me and whoever has him because he is a great year two wide receiver he is he's done fairly well and it stinks to have him not be able to play. And I hope that he is able to very, very soon. And same thing with DeAndre Swift. He is out for this game. But Detroit is playing Seattle at 1 o'clock in Detroit. And I got to say, I am excited for the Lions just to beat the Seahawks. My number one and number two teams are facing it off at Ford Field. Now, the Lions are a three-and-a-half-point favorite for this game, and I believe they can do it. They can win more than three-and-a-half, and I'm going to give it to the Lions. It's going to be a 35-21 to 21 win for the Lions. Their defense is a lot better than what people think. Seattle is not that great, but I will say the Lions take this one against Seattle. And then... 9.30 a.m. on Sunday on the NFL Network, we have the Vikings at the Saints in London. So this is going to be a very interesting game, as it is early in the morning for us Americans. But Minnesota's a three-point favorite. Why a three-point favorite? I'm, I have problems with that. Minnesota is a much better team than what they're giving them credit for. New Orleans, they have not looked that good. They really have not. And... I'm giving the Vikings this win. It's not a question of who's better. It's a question of how well you can win. And I'm giving Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, the win on this one. It's going to be, I feel like it's going to be not even close. 
I'm going to say 42 to 17 in favor of the Vikings. Again, not going to be close. Another big game that I have, I have two actually. One is the Bills at the Ravens. Buffalo's a three-point favorite. This is going to be a slugfest. Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson. Number one versus number two. Pay the man Lamar Jackson, Baltimore. He deserves it. He has been playing his mind apart and getting to where they are now. Yes, they're two and one, but they are so good. They could be a potential one seed in the AFC. The Bills, on the other hand, they have a loaded defense that they can hopefully contain Lamar Jackson. You have Von Miller on one side. You have, let's see here, you have names who are escaping my mind again. But the Bills defense, they're one of the highest rated defenses in the country. And I would not be surprised if they hold Lamar Jackson to less than 150 yards, whether that's passing and or rushing. If they can hold him to blow that, I feel like the Bills have a good chance. But Josh Allen, he has Stephon Diggs. He has Isaiah McKenzie. I think the Bills could win this game easily. It may come down to a field goal, but I'm going to say it's a seven-point contest. 35-28 in favor of the Buffalo Bills. And the second big game I have is not the Patriots, but the Buccaneers. Kansas City is visiting Tampa Bay at Raymond James in Tampa. And my heart goes out to Floridians right now as they just got through this hurricane. I hope you guys can recover and rebuild as quickly as possible. Um, I ha- I'm, I can't really say too much because I'm not in Florida, but it's terrible how much destructive power hurricanes have and how much damage they cause. And that's the case in this in this scenario, but I hope you can recover and rebuild as quickly as possible. And this line is even. I'm going to give the win to Tampa Bay because they need this win as for a morale boost. Even though I have Travis Kelsey on my fantasy team, I'm giving this one to Tampa Bay. This is going to be a defensive battle for Tampa Bay, an offensive battle for Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. I have this one 31 to 28 in favor of Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Then on Monday night, we have the Rams at the 49ers. San Francisco is a one and a half point favorite over the Rams. And I'm giving this one to the Rams, actually. They have a better offensive scheme. Jimmy Garoppolo is shaky at best. Of course, he hasn't had a whole lot of playing time because he had to fill in for an injured Trey Lance. And Stafford and Cup is one of the better wide receiver quarterback duos in the country. And I say that because I have Cooper Cup on my fantasy team, and he's done pretty well for me. So I'm going to give this one to the Rams. Again, a three-point contest, 27-24 in San Francisco. And that does it for me with this update of the NFL. That does it for me on this Friday edition of the Get Stoked Podcast. Be sure to come back on Tuesday as I will give recap my thoughts on this Grand Valley-Saginaw Valley game. That should be very, very exciting. And very, Grand Valley's going to win. I'm calling it right now. Knock on wood. Grand Valley's going to win this thing. But come back Tuesday as I have a new topic called The Greatest Sports Movies of All Time. I kind of hinted at this a few weeks ago. 
but I'm going to do it on Tuesday as this is a very interesting topic that one of our family friends suggested. I'm going to go with it. So be t- be sure to come back Tuesday for that, plus some more baseball talk and, of course, football talk and maybe a little basketball talk as well. And, of course, I got to give a shout-out to the NHL as their preseason, pre-season excuse me, has started, and I may touch on that a little bit as well. Have a good weekend, everyone. Stay safe, stay warm as it is starting to cool down just a little bit, but have a good weekend. We will see you on Tuesday.